Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com. And you all know what we're here for right now. Everyone's ticked, just angry, upset, disgusted. 0-3 again. The Giants lost to an inferior team. We all know 17-14 Falcons, blah, blah, blah. Injuries, Sterling Shepard. He's now going to miss some time. Hamstring injury. Darius Slayton, same thing. Blake Martinez out for the year. Just a mess. Just a mess. We know how 0-3 is basically like the death knell in the NFL. I know there's an extra game now, but it is damn hard to make the playoffs when you start 0-3. So they are so deep in a hole. And the problem here is, and this is why we all need to vent, and I'm going to give you all an opportunity. I, I opened up all the social avenues and said, hey, everybody, come vent to me. So I got a lot of you your responses ready to roll. We'll get to that in a minute. First, I'm going to get some stuff off my chest because I'm a little different than you, but I have the same feelings in regards to, really, again? Like, I'm in darn Groundhog's Day. That's how I feel. Groundhog's Day. Covering the same team, the same problem. Hey, year eight, I make this joke. Hey, they're in year eight of the offensive line rebuild. You know the problem with that? It's not a joke anymore. They literally are in year eight of an offensive line rebuild. Think about how ridiculous that is. Year eight, they're 0-3 for the third time in five years. No, I'm not emotionally attached to whether the Giants win or lose. But professionally, for me, the crappier the Giants are, and we're getting there. And they've been in that mode. Heck, they have the worst record since 2017 tied with the Jets. What would you have said to you five years, ten years ago if I said the Giants are at the same level and depths of the Jets, right? You would have been like, whoa, no, no chance. No chance. Not the Giants organization. But that Giants organization from the 80s, the 90s, even the, the first decade of the 2000s, it's gone. It's dead. We're in the Giants of the 60s and 70s now. 18 and 49. Only the Jets are tied with them since 2017. So, I mean, I made a joke. So I did a television hit, you know, on, on SportsCenter before the, the Washington game. And afterwards, I said, yep, it loses game. Probably be the last time I'm on TV this year. And you know, it's not far off because now they're 0-3. The Giants are irrelevant. They're a generally, for the most part, going to be an irrelevant team, an irrelevant franchise when it comes to the, the greater story of what the 2021 NFL season is. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. Dave Gettleman, got to sit here and listen to him. 15 and 36. 15 and 36 is general manager. Do you really think you can't be the general manager and be 15 and 36 if you know nothing? 21 games under 500 in the NFL. In less than four seasons. That's crazy. 21 games under 500. I mean, come on. He says to us uh, at some point this summer when he was saying, do you think I do this for a hobby? Well, Dave, guess what? You don't really want to know my opinion on that. You don't really want me to, have to, to, to honestly respond to that. You also don't want me to honestly respond to whether I think you're arrogant and talk down to me and us as the media in general. Better off keeping those comments to myself. We need to vent. That's what this is all about. Venting. 0-3 for the third time in five years. I got to watch, and I generally like Joe Judge, but the conservative nature, come on. I, I got to watch again. Fourth and three from the opponent's 39-yard line, and we're going to punt? It's reached a point where I'm stinking numb to the fact that when they're in uh, around the 40-yard line and it's fourth down, 
I know he's going to punt. I'm numb to that, which is crazy. Because I'm generally an uber concern, uh, uber uh, aggressive individual. I believe in, I would, I would love coaches to go for it all over the field. I think that's, that's the smart way to do it, to be aggressive. And I got to watch this super conservative approach over and over again. I got to watch them not be able to rush the passer again and again and again. I have to watch them not have an offensive line again and again and again. Year eight of the offensive line rebuild. Eight. Eight. That spans three. That spans four coaches. Four coaches. Still don't have it right. Still not even close while we're at it. Still not even close. Close. At least if they were scoring points, maybe it would be exciting, right? Like, you know, when they played the the last time we went to New Orleans, 52-49, that was a fun game to watch. You know, Eli and Breeze are throwing six and seven touchdown passes. No, no, no. We're watching a team that's averaging 18.7 points per game. League average, by the way, is about 24. So they're a, a solid five plus points below the league average. That's after last year, 17 and a half. So they're doing better than last year. Here's their points per game over the last five years. 18.7, 17.5, 21.3, 23.1. You're like, oh, 23.1. That's decent. That's below league average over that five-year span too, by the way. League average is 23.2. So like, if they're like close to average, we're like, okay, that's not bad. That's the best they've been. Close to average on scoring points over a five-year stretch. And in 2017, they were at 15.4 points per game. I know my job is 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 pretty good, and I hate complaining about it, but I almost feel bad for myself for having to watch a football team that averaged 15.4 points per game. And I know your complaints about Jason Garrett, they're coming. We'll get to that in a second. A lot of you vented. Trust me, Jason Garrett, I'm probably on board. I'm on board with you. I shouldn't say probably. I'm on board with most of you. It's not good. The evidence is there. It stinks. So we'll get to that in a minute, but you know, and then I got to sit there. And I got to listen to Saquon Barkley tell me they're not a bad team. There's no bad teams in this league. Who? What logic is that? What kind of logic is there's no bad teams? Oh, oh, there are absolutely bad teams in this league. And you just don't see it. You know what they say about, you know, if there's a, if you don't spot the sucker at the table, you are the sucker. I think that's the case here with Saquon. Not that he's the sucker, but that he's on the bad team. And he's naturally trying to be optimistic that the team is good that they really are good, that they're going to be good, that he can't, he's so blinded by that, that he can't see that he's on a bad team, that they've stunk since he's gotten here. He's been on bad team after bad team after bad team. And we're so beat down from this constantly being the case over and over and over again that we're just like, yeah, I can't even fight him on this. Like, I, you, I can only pick my battles. Like, am I really going to fight Dave Gettleman on, on all these things that he's sitting there saying to us at the press conference? It's just once in a while, like this, the, you know, I, I'd still think Saquon was the right pick at number two where I just, I can't hold it anymore. But I mean, like, we're so beat down that like comments like Saquon's were just like, all right, fine, whatever, think whatever you want, right? I, I can't, I don't have the energy left at this point to argue with you over stuff like this, to argue over, you know, really, is that the right call on fourth and three from the 39-yard line? We've already gone over, are you going to be more aggressive? What goes into the thought process? Really, are you punting from the 39-yard line, from the 38, from the 37, from the 36? It doesn't matter. We know he's going to naturally be conservative on that. That's his approach. As much as we disagree with it, it's not going to change anything. Instead, we're stuck at 0, watching an 0-3 team 
Again. Again. And I'm sick of it. And I'm not even attached to the win-loss part of it for, for that purpose of caring about the Giants like that. And you're sick of it, too. So let's get to your events. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ah, uh, yes. It's time for your favorite part of the podcast. The part where I answer all your deepest, darkest, giant questions. Or in this case, that you get whatever it is you have on your chest off in Giants After Dark. All right. We're just going to rip off. We're just going to go through. I mean... Thank you, everybody, for, you know, responding. Uh, I know it, it's kind of it could be kind of cathartic. We could get some some of this anger off your chest. And that's what I'm here. I'm here to so- kind of serve as your psychologist or psychiatrist. I always forget which one it is. Who knows? Whatever it is. You get the point. I'm here for you. So I'm going to listen to your events. I'm going to answer. I'm going to comment. You can keep firing to me. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, email. I got them from all over the place. So I'm just going to run through a whole bunch of them. Okay. We got Ree Santana. We're going to start with him because this is, he's indicative of the fan of, 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 in my opinion, of what I've seen from the fans. Fire Jason Garrett. End of rant. Okay, Ree. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from when you're averaging 18.7 points after a year, when you're averaging 17.5 points. You don't use motion like the rest of the league. Yeah, it might be that time. Now, it's not going to be that time. Not yet, at least. I, can I see it happening during the season? Yeah, maybe. I do. I could. They continue to go in this direction. Offensively continue to struggle to score points. I can see it going in that direction. But for now, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I'm trying to make life easier for you guys, but I also have to be a realist. You know, I'm letting you vent, express your frustration, but you might want to hold, hold your ears for one second, all right? Jason Garrett. It's going to stay a little bit longer. All right. Next question. I am Bree2 says, all these college coaches on staff, and you guys never asked if Jason Garrett was forced on Joe Judge. Was he forced on him? We like Joe Judge, but at this point, we're looking everywhere on staff. Uh, here's what I will say to that. I do not believe, from what I know, Joe he was forced on Joe Judge. Joe Judge was going to hire his own staff. but. But ownership did recommend that Joe Judge talk to Jason Garrett and interview him for the opening. Now, Jason Garrett wasn't his first choice, but that after interviewing him, he decided he was going to hire him. Ultimately, Joe Judge's decision, but with a suggestion from ownership that they should talk to Joshua Hoax from Instagram says, what's up, Jordan? Uh, If Mara decides to completely start over and fires both Gettleman and Judge by the end of the season, who are some players on the team that you think the new GM and head coach will need to should slash should keep on the team as they try to navigate their way through the rebuild? Now, here's the problem, Josh. Okay. You have to be realistic. Where are the building block pieces, right? Now, should they keep like an Andrew Thomas? Yeah, of course you should. 
He's cheap. He's young. Looks like he's getting better as a left tackle. Stuff the like Dexter Lawrence, same thing. But when we're talking about absolute building block pieces, I look around and I say, where are they? Where? Where? Maybe Daniel Jones. We're not even there yet. Where he, if he's a hundred percent building block piece, right? I mean, where? Seriously, who are these building block? Like the young stud, all pro, Pro Bowl players. Now I'm not getting rid of James Bradbury, but he's not that kind of guy either. Like, they don't have those guys. Saquon's not that guy anymore, either. And he's a running back. So that, to me, is a huge, huge part of the problem. All right, next question. It comes from Greg Fitzmaurice from Instagram. Breaking Big Blue has been the highlight of my season so far. Don't know what that says about the team, but appreciate the podcast. Enjoy listening to the episode, to each episode. Couldn't be more disappointed with the team. I don't understand how the defense could take such a large step back. Looking at all our top contributors on D from last year, none are playing at the same level. Feel ya. True. Big question. Did they max out last year? Did Is Leonard Williams ever going to play better? Is James Bradbury ever going to play better? Is Logan Ryan going to play better? Maybe they got, we got the best. Blake Martinez, he was great last year too. Maybe that's the best we're going to get from some of these guys. The rest of his question was, how can the Maras look at this team's performance this season and the last four and not be embarrassed? I'm not a Gettleman fan, but I think problem also runs through the talent evaluators and scouts. Impossible to argue at this point. Our success rate in the draft from the third round on is horrendous. I would actually add, this is my commentary here. Uh, third round? What about the first round? What about the top 10? Don't even, like I said, don't even have a building block stud pieces right now from the top 10. That's problematic. I wish I understood that the I, I wish the Maras understood that they need to modernize the team to the 2021 NFL. From the offensive play calling to the GM to the scouting department, feels like we're five years behind the rest of the league. I want to love Judge, but this team is not disciplined. I mean, you said it all. I'm not even going to comment anymore. You nailed it. There's a lot that I agree with there. Pretty much everything. Chubb Love on Instagram says. How bad does it have to be? How many losses for the Giants to do the right thing, blow the entire thing up, and start from scratch with a new GM and coach, preferably from outside the organization? LOL. The problem is you have to put LOL there uh, because we really can't guarantee that that's going to be the case. I think it'll take a total disaster for Joe Judge to be gone. The total disaster. I mean, you're talking like four and below. But, I mean, Dave Gettleman, if they're not competing for the playoffs or near winning record, I mean, come on. Dude's 21 games under 500. Greg Carbino says, I don't tweet, but if I can get this in for the pod, how do we expect Garrett to call a more aggressive game when the head coach is ultra conservative? Hunson kicks field goals whenever he can, plays not to lose. His words and actions are not aligned right now. It's a fair point. It really is because Joe Judge is big into field position. Playing, you know, within the game, uh, you know, worrying about being, you know, I, I shouldn't say worrying about being conservative, but just generally being conservative, uh, not taking huge risks because of the potential downside. Well, and my my response to that is while you're thinking of the downside, you also have to think of the positives. Like when you go, if you go for it from the 39 yard line, 
right? It's a fourth and three from the 39. Let's say it's close to a 50% chance to get a first down there. So that gives you close to a a 50% chance then of getting points out of it. And what's the downside? You give up decent field position. You have to weigh the, the chance of getting points there is high. It's almost like he discounts that. Drives me nuts too. So I don't disagree with you on that one. It's definitely something to monitor. Wonder if he'll he'll alter his approach. I mean, he wants to be steady. So I don't think he will. But I mean, at some point, I think you have to. All right. We got an email. Uh, Hey, Jordan. It's Chris from Springfield, Massachusetts. Big fan of your work and the podcast. I think this is something worth noting. But since no one in the media has brought it up, we all know Gettleman will be gone after the season. Do you think it's possible that the new GM will swing for the fences and try to trade for Wilson, Russell Wilson? Deshaun Watson, or sign Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. This is what this team needs to inject some life into the fan base in years of losing. They'll have the ammo, especially if players like Jabril Peppers and Evan Ingram are also traded at the deadline. First, let me address that last part. Think about what Evan Ingram and Jabril Peppers' trade value is at this point. It is decreasing. Their ability to make money in the offseason is decreasing by the minute. But on a, a bigger, bigger perspective, on a grander stage or with this team of whether they'll go after a star quarterback, I don't think it's out of the question. I think what you said, there's a lot of validity to. And it might be the move the Giants have to make. So I'm not going to rule that out, especially if a player like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson ultimately say, hey, we want to go to New York. We want to play in New York. The problem is with the state of the organization, Are guys really going to say that? This organization right now is a mess. They're a losing organization. They're the worst organization in the NFL over the last five years. So if you're a veteran, star, proven player, are you really going to want to leave to come to this organization? It's definitely something you have to consider. MDES 969-981-7679. I don't know why people have usernames like that. On Twitter says, team has been awful for a decade now. I understand that ownership is doing their best. What I'm most upset at currently is the Eli Bobblehead. I like this question or comment, this this uh, event. We've suffered for a decade and ownership can't provide 50 to 60,000 more bobbleheads for all in attendance. It's a slap in the face. It's a good point. Why do they always do that? Why do they always say, okay, first 20,000 can get it. I mean, they can't get bobbleheads for everyone. First of all, they couldn't even get the full size bobblehead. I know they look good and they're cool looking and I like it, but they are little minis. So yeah, I got the minis. And you can only go for the first 25000 or whatever. It is kind of curious that they do cut it off there. Good point. At Davey Dodd says, Dear John Mara, sell the team ASAP. Take Dave Gettleman with you. Pretty much self-explanatory. Nick Carubia says, We were lied to. Well, Nick, for the most part, over the last, I don't know, eight years or so, if you were listening to the right people, you weren't being lied to. Because I was telling you they weren't going to be good for the most part. Now, the two years I missed were 2017, coming off that 2016 season, and everyone obviously got injured. They stunk. Thought they were going to be good that year. And then this year, I will say, thought they were going to be competitive, being that seven to nine win range for the most part. So, uh, looks like we're going to come up a little shy of that right now. A little. Or a lot. We'll see. At Candane 3 says, are the Giants officially a poverty franchise? I'll hang up and listen. Well, you tell me. There are zero teams in the NFL that have a worse record than them over the last five years. Over the last decade, pretty much, they've been to the playoff. They've been once to the playoff once. Now, if you're going to go back further, obviously, they're not a poverty franchise. They won Super Bowls in seven and 11 seasons, you know, two times in 
Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. In five years, four or five years. But if you're talking about recent, current, is that a rhetorical question? Yes, they've become that. they become a laughingstock of sorts with the way they operate. I mean, the way they handled Josh Brown, the way they handled the Eli Manning, Geno Smith benching, the way they uh, been running through coaches, the way they hired Dave Gettleman, the way Dave Gettleman stood up there and said, we're not trading. We didn't sign Odell to trade him and then trades him. I mean, over and over and over the way he drafted a running back second overall. You tell me poverty franchise or not. Oh, and three. Second straight year. You tell me. Where's the franchise at? At Esco2K1 says, I'm taking my kids to the Rams game. I feel like my money should be used on their college education or something more productive. Talk me off the ledge. The Giants aren't even watchable on TV, let alone paying money to sit there for 60 minutes. When will the pain end? Oh, the pain. I will say this. Okay, I'm talking you off the ledge. This is all about life experiences. I'm a big believer in life experiences. I like to go see things and places that I've never been to, even if it's not my wheelhouse. You know, been to the Louvre when I was in uh, Europe. And what the hell do I know about art? Like, literally nothing. Don't care about it. Don't know anything about it. But I went because I thought it would be a good life experience. It's the same concept with you taking your kids to the game. You know, you go to the game. You have fun in the parking lot. You go. You watch the game. You take them around the stadium. You get them, you know, whatever bells and whistles they have these days. Or I, don't, I don't know how old your kids are. But, yeah. And you enjoy it. And your life experience, just check it off the list. You say, okay, I went to the game. That's something I don't need to do with them again, at least unless they're really good and you want to go again, which might take a while. But it's something you don't need to do with them for the next few years. Because to be honest with you, it's going to cost you a fortune. It's at least, what, three to $500 a day? Taking yourself and two kids to the game. Let's say it's three people to a game. $100 a ticket, that's 300 Food, that's another 100 Parking, that's basically another. I mean, $500 right there. All right. I got Finesse, too, says, I still think we're on the right track. I found one. We found one. There's one. There's one out there. He still exists. At least one that's not named Joe Judge or Saquon Barkley or someone in that locker room. Finesse, too. You are on the bandwagon basically by yourself right now. Now, I don't think they're going to be, uh, you know, 2-15 and 15 team. I think they're going to win games. But, I mean, they're not on the right track. They're not. They're just not. Carly Mursky, good Giants fan right there. She follows all the time. Why are the Giants allergic to winning? Another one. Rhetorical question. Can you really answer that? What do you say to that at this point? What do you say to that? They just know how to lose. They don't have a good enough team. They don't have good enough players. They don't have good enough coaches. They don't have good enough ownership. They don't have good enough front office. Nobody's doing a good enough job. And so they just keep losing. And when is there an end in sight with the schedule they have? Like if you told me they had a fairly easy schedule, I think you know this team realistically should be 2-1. and one. They could turn it around. But they play at New Orleans, at Dallas. Both look good, right? Home against the Rams, the best team in the NFC. Then even their easier games, supposedly easier games, are now against Carolina, playing well. The Raiders, playing well. 
And then Monday, Monday nighters later on against at Kansas City and at Tampa Bay. I mean, they got no chance to win those games. Like literally zero. Zero. Kunal Kaitani says, a wise man once said, the, op- the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. That's where I've reached with my Giants fandom, and I'm not alone. That's what this ownership group has done. They rode the coattails of two champions far too long, and it's burned them. Oh, you're right about that last part, uh, riding the coattails. I mean, every year, like, hey, you know, we've done it like this in the past. Yeah, we've always done it this way. Well, guess what? Things change. If you don't evolve, you know what happens? You're the Giants sitting back there. You know, you're driving away in the car and you're sitting there in the street by yourself, pouting with your head down. And I agree with you. Indifference. And that's this this fan, ga- fan base right now is in the disgust phase. But you know what happens to bad teams by week seven, eight, nine, ten, and into the, the last weeks of the season? Indifference sets in. And you know what that does? That creates empty seats. And you know what empty seats, indifference, and indifference does for ownership? It affects their pocketbook. They see it. And you know what that does? It forces change. It forces them to make moves, to fire people. Anthony Mazza Jr. says, podcast should be about the 2022 draft class. And I don't disagree with you, but I usually say this. I mean, we've been in this case. Like You want to pretend like there's something to talk about until at least like late in the season. Give me till at least November, December, right? At least pretend there's relevance. Then you could turn it over to the draft and have your eyes like shifted in that direction a little bit. And that's bad. That sucks too. The flat out stinks. Terrible. I have to do that by, by like Thanksgiving. But that's where the Giants have been for the most part for the eight years I've covered the team. The fact that we have to say that it's still September. I mean, that's just brutal. Pathetic. Simply pathetic. Chris Chris in St. Pete says this Proud Once organization is now in the sentence as some of the most dysfunctional in the game. Absolutely. That's my commentary on that. The issue is from the top. Mara hires his favorites. Ownership is too afraid to hand the team to outsiders to ever evolve. Gettleman and Garrett should have been fired at game end. Chris in St. Pete is really uh, representing the fan base there because I'll tell you, half my comments were about Jason Garrett and Mara and more than that more that everybody venting. That's really where the, the anger was going. And how about that? I mean, I didn't mention it yet, but the booing of John Mara during the Eli Manning ceremony to me was just a huge, huge moment. I mean, if I told you a decade ago that fans would be booing John Mara and looking at him as if he's incompetent, you would have ran me out of town. Seriously, you would have ran me out of town. The Giants were this model organization. Now they're a laughing stock. It's crazy. And they're booing ownership. And trust me, he heard that. Bumped into him right after. And we, me and Pat Leonard, and we asked him. Pat actually asked him. Just happened to be walking out of the bathroom and bumped into it. Lucky timing for me. But, you know, did you hear the booing? Of course I did. You, I would boo too. We're 0-2 and we're losing at halftime. Make that 0-3 now. But you get the point. That's, that's what he said. I mean, you could see the disgust. On his face. Sports fanatic. I don't know what his handle is here. N-G-T-R-S-L-C for life. Who knows what that means? Fire that OC from the 1800s. Yeah, I'm talking about Jason Garrett. Yep, there's a lot of those. Larry Contrati. New feature on the podcast. How many days since the Giants had a winning record? Yeah, I got to look that up. 
I mean, when's the last time they had a winning record? We're talking about years now, right? So calendar years. Be, I'll, I'll look it up in a minute. Uh, tap in for birdie, says the New York Giants. Not at any point, not in any season, for the last five years, did the Giants have a winning record? Not even for one week. You're right, tap in for birdie. Not even for one week did this organization have a winning record. That's the depths that they have fallen. I know it's good to get off your chest to say that, but it doesn't, fortunately, it doesn't solve anything. At 36, Harumph says, since Garrett was hired as OC, listen to these numbers. So 32nd in yards to go, third down, 31st in points per game, 31st in explosive pass plays, 30th in points per drive, 28th in yards per play, 31st in red zone TD percentage, 31st in offensive yards per game, 29th in sacks allowed. Why does Garrett still have a job? Again, Rob, I, a lot of you are doing this, and I understand you're venting, but that is the definition of a rhetorical question when you list those numbers. The evidence is there. That's been bad. I will say this. And I don't think it's necessarily right, but I think the reason that he does have a job is Daniel Jones is playing pretty well. He's in year two of this offense. You really don't want to make major changes for Daniel Jones, and then all of a sudden he has three systems or three offensive coordinators in three years. That is definitely not ideal. MRBX74 says, after 10 years of futility, why do you think they are, why do the Giants think they're smarter than everyone, i.e. hire DG, fire GMs, don't get rehired, and an OC who had play calling stripped from him because of lack of imagination. By the way, that was eight years ago, too. And WTF, Judge isn't taking a bigger hit for being conservative. We've talked about that here. Super conservative. I'm not a fan of that. He is super conservative. Then maybe if it's working, you could say, all right, they got this great defense. This is their better unit. They can rely on it. But guess what? The defense is blowing games too. Put some points on the board. Get points. Score points. Do things to score points. Be aggressive. Not that hard. Not that hard. When you see that you're averaging under 20 points per game in today's NFL. Did I tell you before? Teams average 24 points per game. No, no, no. Not the Giants. We're playing in the 18-point range because we're stuck in the 1800s. Uh, Senzo Bonavita says we're stuck in the past. Nothing has changed. The first thing Gettleman wanted to do was rebuild the offensive line, and it's been worse in the worse in the NFL since he's been here. Our defense, we run a 3-4 soft coverage, but you don't have the pass rush from the outside for it. I don't know anymore. See, now that I feel is indicative of a lot of Giants fans at this, this point. They're throwing their hands up in the air at the end. I don't know anymore. They're throwing their hands up in the air. They're saying, I don't know what's wrong with this team. I don't. I mean, I actually, most people do. They have their opinion on that. And it starts from the top. But they say, I can't take it anymore. Their hands are in the air. I just can't take it anymore. Like, why am I a Giants fan? Why am I rooting for this team? Why am I doing this to myself every Sunday? Sitting down in front of this TV and banging my head against it for three hours. Because that's what it must feel like. Bang, 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 bang. Oh, another punt from the 39? Bang. Oh, another drive imploded by a hold. Bang. Oh, fumble snap. Bang. Oh, they're going to let the other team drive down the field at the end of the game like it's nothing, even though they stink, even though it's Matt Ryan who can't throw past five yards anymore, or Taylor Heineke. So what happened when Taylor Heineke played the Bills? All of a sudden, he's not a this great starting quarterback anymore, huh? Oh, surprise, surprise. Taylor Heineke's not going to be a star in the league. Giants sure made him seem like one at the end of that game. Man, how did we do it? How do we all do it? At Richie Cruz Jr. says, it's time to clean house. Gettleman gone. Judge, I like, but bye. O and D coordinators, peace. D Jones, see ya. 
We need a new quarterback, O-line, GM, and offensive-minded head coach. Woo. That's where we are, ladies and gentlemen. And then we'll end on this one for my guy, for my man, license plate guy. It says, pissed with a thousand Ds. So your head explodes. Yeah? Yeah. That pretty much sums it up right there. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, let's wrap this up. I mean, my voice is getting a little raspy, a little sore from too much yelling, or as I like to say, animated discussion. Wrap up a little quick Jordan on the beat. Tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, cover the NFL in general. And this week's story is about the post-game press conference the other day, okay? So the Giants have this devastating loss, right? Really, that's a tough loss to stomach. Think about it. If you're on that team, the way you blew that game two weeks in a row, now you got to come out there and you know, face the music. NFL players are obligated to talk after the game, but we're in a little different world. So they bring players out and you can't go in the locker room. Anyway, so Joe Judge talks, right? We got it. So it's a devastating loss. Giants just lost in really tough fashion. And Giants bring out Colin Johnson, first guy out. Colin Johnson. Yeah. Colin Johnson. You were like, who you might, if, if you, if you didn't watch that game, you're like, who the hell is Colin Johnson? And even if you watch that game, you might be like, who the hell is Colin Johnson? Right. That was his first game for the Giants. Colin Johnson he stepped in. He was like the sixth receiver. They needed the sixth receiver. Come in and play a lot. But Colin Johnson comes in. Poor Colin Johnson. He's got to now answer questions. Everyone's like, like, what do we ask Colin Johnson? You know, but it, he made a whole bunch of catches in his first game. But like, nobody wants to read about Colin Johnson. Nobody wants to hear about Colin Johnson after that game. Maybe a few days later, it's a nice little story. Hey, Colin Johnson came in, did well. But after the game, Colin Johnson is the first player to come out. Not Daniel Jones. The Giants, by the way, are bringing these players out. It's not Daniel Jones. Not Saquon Barkley. Not Logan Ryan. They all talk later. But the first guy out is Colin Johnson. Poor guy. You know, if the, uh, I asked him one point, you know, what was it like in the locker room after the game? I, I feel almost so bad asking Colin Johnson that, but he's the first guy that came out. After a, de- a, a, a devastating loss. Not ideal. That's not what you want. Not what the Giants should be doing. They shouldn't be bringing Colin Johnson out at all, by the way, after that game. Nothing personal against Colin Johnson. But shouldn't be bringing him at all. But nevertheless, first guy out. First guy to talk to the media. To represent your team following a disappointing loss. Is like the 50-something man on the roster. I, I One of those head scratchers. Well, what? Colin Johnson. Excuse me? I mean, if I bumped into Colin Johnson in the hallway before that game, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have recognized him. Wouldn't have known he was. No chance. Like, zero. Like, literally, zero percent chance. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. Giants are going to New Orleans this week. Another tough game. We'll get to that later in the week. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends, reach out to me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email. You know where to find me. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time. 